0: To The world and sport Umbody Wiley this week the Solomon Islands under-17 men's football team head to Europe and futsal players from around New Zealand converged at a tournament in Christchurch over the weekend in memory of a man killed at the Elnor Mosque. But first two Fiji youth football internationals have been suspended from the sport for three years after failing a drug test for the second time in four months. was Martin Nasova and Kenny Mandigay from Bar have been suspended from all football-related activities until 2022 and fined $500 each after testing positive for marijuana while in camp for the national under-23 trials. Meanwhile, Fiji Football's Ethics Committee have cleared national head coach Christophe Gamal of allegations he assaulted a group of youth players during another training camp earlier in the year. Fiji Football Association CEO Muhammad Yusuf says the suspensions are extremely disappointing.
1: In January, the two of them they, they tested positive, so they they were retested after one month, uh, and the samples were taken. They came out clean, so they started playing for the club. And when they go back into the camp again, we tested them and we found them positive. So there's no second chance. So they the three years they off.
2: So the original uh, failed test was back in January at the under twenty-three training camp. They were automatically stood down, suspended for a month, and uh, yeah. And, yeah. and then and, and then, then
1: they
2: were and then they allowed is, to
1: rehabilitate and come out clean, which they did. So we thought uh, they have learned the lesson, but uh, when they marched into the camp again a week before Easter, they we tested everybody again, so they were positive.
2: You're, you're saying that they failed a test in January. They followed that up and were clean, and, and then they failed a second test, a separate test. Is that right?
1: Yeah, and our policy says if you the second time you test positive, you're automatically banned for three years, which uh, we just activated.
2: And 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 both of these players, uh, Martin Nasova from Redewa and uh, Kenny Madigie from uh, from Bar, they oh. they they also failed in January and have failed again in April. Yes. And, and, and what has been the response from those players to the uh, the ban that's been handed down by Fiji FA?
1: Well, when the test was conducted, and then uh, they were still in camp when the results came. So the medical doctor advised them that there are serious consequences. And uh, they were released immediately from the camp. And uh, now we're just sending the, the letters of suspension because they, they knew that if they get uh, second time they get caught because there's four or five other players from 2017 serving a three-year so sentence. So they knew the second time we test positive, there's no no way out.
2: So how many players in, in Fiji football at the moment are suspended for taking drugs?
1: Uh, at the moment, with these new, two new ones, we have four other old, old cases. They're suspension.
2: My understanding from back in January is that the drug they failed for was uh, marijuana. Is it, is it the same case this time? Same
1: case this time.
2: So it's just a recreational drug that they're obviously taking. It's obviously not, quite clearly not performance enhancing, but they obviously, you know, as you say, they know what the rules are, but they've still gone, gone ahead and, and done this. Gone
1: ahead. And, uh, our government is very strong. We have a consultation process going on around the country on elimination of this uh, drug for the youths. Ministry for Sport is driving this. So we are part of this uh, whole process. So we want to send out clear messages for our youths that uh, in getting involved in drugs is, will not help you in the uh, future you know? Who
2: decides on three years? Is that a Fiji football decision? Is that a Fiji government decision? Is that, it a FIFA? That,
1: that one-month suspension was Fiji FA, uh, approved by all the clubs, the council, council decision. Any player found positive, they should save 30 days, be given a chance to be retested, to come out clean. And uh, for the second, the council had a resolution that they should be suspended for three years. So it is a collective decision by the organisation and its members.
2: Uh, and, and there's also the third player, Nasinu for- Zekovei, and acaba kind of know is he first, what what's his situation he's a
1: first time offender so he's off for 30 days he'll be retested on uh, 24th of may to be given a chance to come out clean and,
2: and mohammed um after the january uh drug tests uh there was obviously the allegations against uh Christoph kamel that, that that he assaulted some players uh following the delivery of that news to them uh, and an investigation was held uh um, has anything further come from that?
1: The investigation is concluded. Uh, the investigation committee concluded that the allegations were false and Gamel uh, was cleared of all allegations. Uh, and the committee recommended that we do have an educational counseling uh, process uh, for all the clubs, which is we are now engaging a professional who so will go on all the clubs. Youth and everybody, and have sessions with the players and uh, educate them on okay. on the implication of taking drugs. Yeah. So,
2: so, so the the physical acts that they claim happened um, at the training camp, the investigation finds that, it, that those did not happen.
1: No, it did not happen. That's the conclusion of the investigation committee.
2: There were there were also some claims in the media from female players saying that. They had been, um, you know, verbally ab- abused by the coach. Did, did those claims get investigated?
1: They were investigated. The, the girls were asked to come before the committee, and they refused, refused to testify. So, okay. uh, arising out of the investigation, we will now there'll be some legal implications as well? We'll go to the court for defamation and all that. And,
2: and so, just back to the, the the drug situation. You alluded to it slightly earlier, but um. Obviously, this shows, you know, if there was some a couple of years ago, some in January, some now, it's obviously an ongoing issue. Why, what, why do you think that is?
1: Oh, it used to be a major problem. But I think once we started this, cleaning this sport and at the same time uh, creating a better future for the youths and uh, the support of the clubs, the parents, the government is there for us. And uh, I think the government minister for youth after the consultation process will make it compulsory for all sports to make sure that we invest in educating the youth against these bad habits.
0: That's the Fiji Football Association Chief Executive Officer, Mohamed Youssef. The Solomon Islands' under-17 men's football team can't wait to test themselves on the world stage at the UEFA International Development Tournament. The Melanesian side left this week for Europe where they'll play three matches against Moldova, hosts Belarus and Kazakhstan at the annual age-grade tournament in Minsk. Among the squad are central defender Leon Kofana and striker Rafael Le'Ai, who moved to New Zealand six weeks ago after being offered scholarships to attend Scots College in Wellington after impressing for Solomon Islands at the Oceania Under-16 champs in September.
3: And after finish finished uh, Under-16 tournament last year uh, in Onera. After they offer offer both of us a uh, k- uh, scholarship for us to come over to uh, Scotts uh, Wellington and uh, New Zealand Wellington to play with Scotts uh,
0: Scotts uh, tr- uh, and training with uh, Phoenix. And I guess for you especially, Raf, you've you've had quite a few offers, haven't you? You had yes. Braz- uh, teams in Brazil, uh, the Brisbane Roar. Yes. There's been a few offers for yes. you. So, um, what? what sort of discussions or thoughts did you have to have why was this the right option why was wellington the best option for you and you know how hard was it to, to decide you know when you had all these options and offers you know what was the best one for you and your family
3: ah uh, i uh, best story is uh, i need to uh, study because i need to study and because my age didn't allow me to go for the other countries like uh, brazil australia because i'm under under 18 So I don't allowed. So the best way for me and my family is to start uh coming to Scots and learn and training until I turn eighteen. And I I, I will go to the other countries. So you guys could be here for three years at Scots? Uh I think we stay here for one year, I think. Yeah, one year. But I think they will move it to uh, another two years.
0: And um for you Leon uh, what Who who did you play for when you were back home? Like, what was your club and your school? And and what's the adjustment been like playing here in New Zealand?
4: Um, My club, Kosa, and I school in White River. And I joined national team in Solomon Island. Then they select us to come here in Wellington. And I'm so happy to school in a standard of education. Because Solomon Island, education is not good for
0: us. And, and what, what's the support been like from Scots College and from your teammates here in New Zealand? Because I guess it's all new to you guys coming over here. Uh, I think some of, your, some of your teammates you played against in the under-16 tournament over in Honiara, right? They're friendly,
4: good to us, because we play against them. they so good for us. Also,
0: pizza in Scots, they good. They treat us good. You've also had the opportunity here in Wellington to train with the Phoenix uh, Academy. Uh, did you expect that when you agreed to come to Scots, that you might get that opportunity as well?
3: It's a great opportunity. But uh, we, When we arrived here, they told us to are uh, training with Phoenix. We're pretty happy with that. It was very excited which is a bonus for us. So uh, we both is very happy to, uh, yeah, training Phoenix
0: and, yeah. And what do your friends and family back home in Solomons think about you guys training with the Phoenix?
3: Um, family back like, home, um, they're very happy because the Phoenix is a professional club here in New Zealand. So they're pretty happy with that. When they hear me uh, come and train with them, they're very happy. happy.
0: You've played a few games for Scots now in pre-season. Um, what are the differences playing football you've noticed here in New Zealand? Um, uh, you're obviously a centre-back, Leon, but I'm sure you like to get forward and try and score a few headers as well. Um, what, what differences are there for you playing here in New Zealand versus what you've been used to back home?
4: Uh, back home, uh, we don't play good as here. The standard in here is a little bit higher from us. And I'm so happy to play with all the New Zealand under seventeen for Scots. I'm
0: very happy. And, you know, for you and Raphael to both come together and be able to sort of, you know, have that support, someone that you know from back home, uh, obviously in a new country and all that, is, how, how helpful has that been instead of just coming on your own? Uh, they're happy
4: because we represent our family and Solomon Island also to, to come and train with Wellington Phoenix. So Solomon Island, they say Wellington Phoenix, professional club in oceania, so we're happy to come and train with other academic of them.
0: And so this opportunity, as you say, came about from the under-16 tournament in Honiara. I mean, to represent your country, to, to beat New Zealand in the group stage and to do it in front of home supporters, what what was that whole experience like? Because um, I know Solomon fans are very passionate about their football. They love their football. Uh, you don't often get a chance to beat New Zealand, um, but to do that in front of your fans, what what was that experience like for you guys? Uh,
3: it's experience, yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's very exper- uh, experience, is good, yeah. Yeah. Um, because uh, when we beat in New Zealand, uh, yeah, we are very happy, and yeah, we're very happy because we beat New Zealand. Because New Zealand is our, our top team in, in all senior. so
0: first we beat them, we're very, very happy. Uh, and Raf, I think you were named Player of the Tournament there, so. Um you know, I know there's a few people in the region that get quite excited about you, especially, and they saw that goal you scored up in Auckland a few weeks ago. Um, uh, yes. how, how does that sort of expectation and people talking about you when you're only, you know, 15 years old, uh, is, is that difficult to handle, or is it? Are you used to it? Or uh, uh,
3: 15 years old
0: is difficult to handle it. So yeah, it's, it's difficult to handle it. Obviously, tough times. You did so well at that tournament. You qualified for the World Cup, and you know, sadly, it looks like you guys aren't going to be able to go because of something that wasn't your fault. With Um, uh, Chris Satu, um you know, when you found out about that, what you know, how w- what were your thoughts?
3: Uh, because uh, Chris Satu, I think he had uh, two passports, but he didn't show the, the other passport. He just gave. Gi- uh, so the new password for us, so everyone uh, know that our oh, we all
0: 60 years old and yes, we don't know what, what more. Um, but now you get this opportunity, you know, it, it looks like you might not get to go to the World Cup, yes. but you get this really exciting opportunity to, to head off uh, in a few days' time to go to Belarus, I mean, you know, football's a crazy sport, suddenly, yes. suddenly you get to going over to Europe, I mean that must be really exciting, Leon.
4: Uh, for me, it's very excited for me because we uh, don't go to World Cup. So this is an opportunity for all of us to try our best from any scout of there to scout players of us.
0: Yeah, because this is UEFA, it's Europe, it's you know the, the home of football really. So uh, you never know who could be watching, right?
4: For me, it's a great opportunity
0: for me and Rafael. And, and, and you guys, how, how do you think you can compete? Because you play in Oceania, you've played against New Zealand, but this is on the international stage. Obviously, you would have had that at the World Cup, but uh, w- what, what do you expect when you get over there in these games that you're going to play?
3: Oh, yes, uh, when we go over there, yeah, we expect uh, some of the teams there yeah, are very tough because they are European teams, they are good. And yeah, Some of them training in a good facility, yes, uh, yes. I think it's very difficult for us, but we, are, we try our best to compete with them.
0: That's Solomon Islands Youth Football Internationals Rafael Le'Aye and Leon Kofan. About 100 futsal players from around New Zealand converged at a tournament in Christchurch over the weekend in memory of a man killed at the El Mosque. 33-year-old Atta Alian played 19 internationals for the Futsal Whites and his friends and teammates say playing the sport he loved has been healing. RNZ reporter Katie Todd was there.
5: It takes fast feet, clever tactics and skilled teamwork. Playing a game of futsal, a type of five-a-side indoor football, was where Atta Alayan was most at home. And on Sunday and Monday, it was where dozens from the futsal community came to find understanding and togetherness following his death. On the sideline were some of Mr Alayan's family and friends and members of the Muslim community. His wife and two-year-old daughter also looked in. Benji Lapsley is a player with the Mini Bees team. He says Mr Alayan touched a lot of lives and was always ready to help teammates sort out problems at work and in their personal life.
3: This tournament's about remembering who Asa was, not only a friend, but what he did to the futsal community. He was a big influencer, not just myself, but a lot, a lot of people. But it was more what he did outside of the game that really brought us together and really helped us when we needed him.
5: Another player, Hamish Mitchell from the Canterbury United Dragons, also had a close connection to Ata Alayan.
3: So we played together for about seven years for Canterbury and recently, uh, in 2017, I made my debut for New Zealand with him. So we were roommates and we we spent a lot of time together.
5: He says honouring Ata Alayan this weekend has helped many players.
3: I I think it's a positive step forward. Um, It's nice to see everyone's got a smile on their face again and we're just celebrating his life and, and just the memories.
5: That's exactly what one of the organisers, Fadi Al-Sinawe, had hoped for. He says the idea of a tournament first came up when he was speaking with some of Mr Alayan's friends at his funeral. The Federation of Islamic Associations came forward to cover some of the expenses and that led to one of the biggest futsal tournaments in Christchurch to date.
2: Everyone has loved it so far. Everyone, um, We haven't had um, a competitive tournament. Tournament in a very long time, so um, at the moment it's the
1: quality is at its best in Christchurch. I think from teams' perspective.
5: At a prize giving yesterday afternoon, some of Mr. Alayan's playing shirts were raffled off, and the winning team were named. And for the winter- East side Blue won the Utter Alayan Empathy Shield, named for one of Mr Alayan's enduring qualities. Fadi Al-Sinawe says given the success, he's already looking for sponsors to make it an annual event.
0: That was RNZ reporter Katie Todd, and that's the World and Sport for this week. I'm Vinny Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening.